Hey guys, and welcome into the third week of our Ephesians podcast. We are still in Ephesians 1. Uh, this is Landon. I'm here with my friend Mike. Hey guys, happy to be here. I was on the ASAP last night. Now I'm here again. It's just a podcasting 24 hours. Here we I go. love it. Yeah, was podcasting a New Year's resolution of yours? No, but it seems to be coming true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Mike's done some good work for us diving into Ephesians 1, verses 15 to 23. Um, but we want to start these podcasts by giving you even a little bit of context and a little bit of background on where we've been. Um, so my group actually hasn't covered um, the second week of the curriculum yet. I know Reese did a good job uh, hopping on and um, giving us some insight into some of the, the messy, maybe predestination stuff yeah. from the second week. But Mike, if you want to give us a little recap maybe of where we've been. Yeah, so we did, remember the first week we did read through of the entire um, passage of Ephesians, the whole book of Ephesians. Um, so then week two, we started in verse three and did three through 14, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, and so one of the, one of the verses that my group really hit on was verse 7. It says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Um, yeah, so we just talked about like that there is some, like Landon said, some dicey information in this in this uh, little session about predestination, whatever you want to talk about. But just we landed on that that verse 7 is no matter where you stand, that that's that we all believe that. And then talking of how do we live out of that truth and how yeah. does that affect our lives? That's good. Yeah, I think it's easy to get lost in like the, I don't know, the theological weeds and miss the like, you know, just the practical like, you know, what is this passage inviting me into? Yeah. Um, and who does it say about who I am because of Christ? Yeah. That's good. So uh, I already mentioned that this week is Ephesians 1, 15 through 23. Um, if you want to give us a little bit of overview of what we're getting into this week, um, what Paul has to say in yeah. these verses. Yeah, so this is um, this is just like one of Paul's prayers, um, and this happens a lot throughout his, throughout his letters um, to the church, and it's just kind of he starts praying for the Church of Ephesus, I think that's what they're called, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Church of Ephesus. So it's pretty much just Paul's prayer um, for the church. And so just dissecting what is he, you know, we want to think about what, you know, Paul is just such a pillar of the faith. And so getting to look at the way he prays for people. And so how does that affect the, our life and how does that affect that we pray for people? Yeah. And I think we should even pay maybe a, a little bit more attention to this prayer because it's like, this is his kind of opening, you know, he's yeah. still kind of like setting up, I think the entire letter and yeah. um, this is like almost like his deepest heart yeah, uh, totally. for the Ephesians. So that's good. Um, so as you wrote this week, what kind of stood out to you most? What got you fired up as you dove into the passage? Yeah. So I think there's like, I was telling Landon before we started that this passage, like the curriculum almost writes itself that there's like an obvious three main things. And so it starts in verse 18 and it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may the may know the hope to which he's called you, which is I think is the m- first main thing. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his people is the second. And then third is his incom- incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same. Um, wait, I lost my... That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Um, and so when I was reading that passage, 
just that verse 19 just stuck out to me like crazy that um, this power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. Um, and that that, like Paul is praying that we may know that our eyes and our hearts may be enlightened to realize that we have that same power in front of us and that if we actually believe that, then there's no way that we can't live a different life. I think we just walk around with a certain confidence um, and hope and just, I think the, like, I don't know, there's that saying like the world is your oyster. Like what can you not do if you have the power that raised Jesus from the dead accessible to you? Which is like so cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think that even... I don't know. So much of like the the tension of this passage, I think, is that you can like know it, but like to actually believe it and yeah. live it um, is such a challenge. So, what do you think that like Paul's invitation is to actually live as people of hope, or to live as people who actually live, you know, like live lives that truly believe, that not just know that they have the power that raised Christ from the dead, but truly like believe that. Yeah. Um. You know, I think that's like a lifelong journey is to learn how to do that. I think. We talked about it in the ASAP last night, but I think that there's this thing in Christian cultures, it's called like the 18-inch miracle, um, and I think it's like when our head knowledge, like you're talking about, moves 18 inches down and we actually believe it in our heart. Um, and I think like sometimes we can, like, how do I answer that question? Um, but I think sometimes then like just reading back to scripture, um, I think really helps us that if we have the first two things down, I think that the third thing comes a lot easier. That if we actually know the hope to which he has called us and we, um, that we, if we know the hope to which he's called us and we realize the inheritance that we have, then I think it's a lot easier to actually live the life out of that power instead of just trying to jump to the third. Um, but I think if we have the first two grounded, then I think the third just comes easier to us. Yeah. And I think that like, wanting to to have hope in something and wanting to like receive something from you know from somewhere just to receive things i think that those are both like human desires but i think that we often like even place our hope in the wrong thing and also like want to receive our inheritance yeah from not from god you know we don't (laughs) want his glorious riches we want whatever the inheritance that you know yeah we're like the prodigal we're like hey just give me my inheritance so i can you know go blow it yeah wherever um so what does it look like to root yourself in hope in God rather than like, I guess it's just like we throw on the word hope and it can mean like just kind of this I think Sometimes that you can kind of think of it as almost like not um, like just like transcend, like not transcending circumstances, but just like completely being independent from circumstances. Like it's just kind yeah. of this like, Oh, I'm off in the sky. I'm just like <laughs> negligent of like all the bad things that are happening. Yeah. But I think the hope that Paul is talking about here is different clearly. Yeah. And I think, yeah, like there's that, there's that verse and it's just coming to mind. So I might kind of, I don't know if it word for word, but there's that, the verse that talks about like that the pain that we experience now, like pales in comparison to the glories that are to come. And so I think like what you're saying is like not just totally ignoring all of the bad aspects, yeah. but like, I don't think hope is just like, you just are only thinking about positive things. I think that you almost like you have a, I think it's having a different lens through the which we, through which we look at hard stuff mm. instead of just ignoring hard stuff in itself. Like I think, in the midst of the struggles, we have hope because we know that like this life is temporary and that these struggles and heartaches like pale in comparison to the glory 
to which we have coming. Um, and so like more fixing our eyes, like this is just talking about so that we may know the hope to which he's called you, that it's like a future hope that we're going to eventually receive. But like, then there's, there's this weird thing in scripture all the time that is this like now, but not yet mm-hmm. thing. And I think that this is totally one of those passages is that we have this hope now, but it's not like going to be fully restored until we get to heaven. So it's this like thing that we have definitely like, I don't want you to hear me saying that we definitely have the hope now, but like it's the hope that we have of something in the future. If that yeah. makes sense. And it's incredibly countercultural. Cause I think it's so easy. You know, I think that we've all on some level walked through, you know, something hard. Obviously there's a, a large spectrum of those things, but I think that, you know, our world has changed a lot since March of 2020. And yeah. um, there's just been um, a lot of different, you know, unforeseen circumstances that we've had to walk through. I think it's easy to just, you know, if you flip on the news at all, like just to get, you know, very discouraged. And uh, I think it's difficult to, to hold on to hope unless you have it, you know, in a God that, (laughs) that transcends circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's so huge. Just like what you're putting your hope in. Like, because if you're putting your, like, you know, like your friends and your family, like will always disappoint you or your job won't fulfill you. Like you think, or getting the straight A's won't fulfill you like you think. Um, but having our hope in Christ and what he's done, um, kind of like what we talked about from the first week, talking about like what we have, what Christ has done for us, that we have like the forgiveness of sins. Yeah. And like basing our hope off of that, which is I think is so cool that we started with reading everything because sometimes we can take scripture so isolated, but like those first verses were meant to help explain these verses that we're looking at this week. So like, you know, verse seven says, in him we have the redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. It's like, that's what we put our hope in. Yep. It's not this like, oh, I, you know, getting good grades, dating the right person, getting the right internship. Like it's, my hope is built off the fact that Christ died for me and he paid my, paid the price for my sin. Yeah. And I think that's like, whenever I see like a section of scripture that starts with like some sort of transition, like I feel like you often see therefore. Yeah. But like verse 15 starts with like, for this reason. And so immediately you know that like what he's saying, like this prayer that he has is built upon everything that he's just laid out that Christ yeah. has done for us. Yeah, and we, so it's like, because Christ has done this, I want you to live, you know, in a completely different way because this completely new way of life is available to you. Yes. Yeah, totally. And then there's that saying, and this is obviously not that when it says, but when it says, therefore, I don't know whoever started this, but I feel like first person I heard say it was Ellie. I know she didn't come up with it, (laughs) but like when you see the word therefore, like see what it's there for. Yep. My youth pastor loved that one. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know know if he said it before Ellie or not, but (laughs) I never heard it until I came to college. I was like, wow, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, so what else, what else stuck out for this? What else, um, do you think would be good to just pay attention to and would be good avenues for discussion as we get into to groups? Yeah. I think something that I actually like, it actually, I did struggle writing this curriculum was this idea of an eternal mindset. Mm. Um, I think that's definitely one of those church words that pastors will talk about in sermons, but I don't, I don't, I didn't really know how to like put that into words, you know, it's yeah. like one of those things that it's really good to just tell somebody to have, but then it's weird to explain it. Yeah. Like I was like trying, so I, I was figuring that out as I was writing and, and so and some of the stuff that I came up with is in the um, 
outline. So I would encourage you to read that. Um, but I think that that would be a really cool conversation because I don't think that anyone's going to have a straight up really good answer to start with. Like, I yeah. think it's going to take some conversation and some bouncing ideas off of each other to like get to a conclusion. Cause it like, I, I've really had to like text people and be like, what do you think about? Like I had to get um, input from a lot of other places for me to come up with an answer. So I think that'd be a really cool conversation topic. Yeah. I loved the, uh, the quote that you used from uh, our friend, Kurt Vernon Yeah, what a guy. Uh, at Commonwealth. And he said, uh, eternity is written on their hearts. They're just illiterate and don't know how to read it yet. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you want to expand on that or maybe yeah. even say why you that stuck out, stuck out to you and tied into this scripture. Yeah. No, if you know Kurt, he just has always has these epic lines. <laughs> like nothing he says. It's just always like that. It just has this like power to it. And I just always thought that was a cool quote. But it's built, it comes off of the verse, um, Ecclesiastes 3.11. And it says, um, I, this is like the first verse I memorized, so I need to know this. <laughs> um, it says, let me look. Oh, I totally know this. Oh, he has made, there we go. He has made all things beautiful um, in his own time. Um, and he has set eternity in the hearts of man, but no man can fathom what he has done from beginning to end. So Kurt is pulling that idea from that verse and saying it like the Lord, like he really said, it, it, it really does say that he has set eternity in the hearts of men. And that's not just believers. I think that's everybody. Um, and so like they have that written on their heart. Um, and so like, I don't know, it's just an even encouraging thing to know that like when you're saying the name Jesus, it's not just this like void word Mm. that it's actually written on their hearts. Um, and it might take a little while to like for them to warm up to it. Um, but like there is like something deeper going on in their hearts when you say that. And so you're not just like throwing something at the wall and hoping it sticks that like eternity and the person of Jesus is like written on their hearts. They just don't know yet. And so we're trying to help them navigate to figure out what that looks like for them. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that's even like, it's almost like the opposite effect of like, it's written on our hearts, but we don't know how to like mentally understand it because our mindsets are so set on just the world and like what's immediately in front of us that we don't think of things with an eternal perspective. I think that's the work that like we have to allow, you know, Christ to do so that we can actually live in a way that, um, you know, we aren't so quick to, to hold on to the things of this world. Yeah. I think Um, it's, I think it's hard to do. Yeah. I think it's hard to have eternal perspective. I think we, I think, yeah, I don't know. I think it's something that we're not naturally, we don't naturally do. Yeah. I think we actually, it's one of those things that we really need to rely on the spirit to do in us and through us, which is like exciting. I think yeah. that's cool. You know, it's like, I, I don't really know how to do this on my own. So Lord, like, would you teach me how to do it? I think that's way cooler than like, I do know how to serve, you know, like I know how to come up to synergies, you know, do shift serves or whatever, be on discipleship and help set up chairs for synergy. But like, I don't really know how to have an eternal mindset. So Lord, would you show me how to do that? Yeah. I think that's one of the beautiful parts about that idea of even like, um, that you mentioned of just like, you know, being able to tap into the same power that raised Christ from the dead. It's not that you have to like grit your teeth and work harder. It's that like you get to take an open hands approach yeah, and just say, God, I, I want to receive what I can't possibly do on my own. 
Um, so it's not about what you can do. It's about what you can allow <laughs> the Lord to do through you. Yeah, which is which is an exciting thing. Yeah. So coming out of group this week, what do you think it looks like? Like what does practical application look like for you? Yeah, I think something that I, uh, well, I guess started doing, I did it one time. Um, <laughs> I feel like we do that all the time. We're like, I'm doing this thing now when I did it once two months ago. Right. But I loved it is I looked up um, Paul's prayers and I just went through and started reading them and I started praying them over the people in my life. And mm. it was like, so beautiful. Um, and so I think like taking this prayer and actually like praying it over your students that you're going to lead before you get to the group that is, you know, how, you know, we always are encouraging us to pray for your groups. And so I don't, how do I do that? I think reading over this and praying this over names of people, like, um, I know inserting the names instead of like where it says, I pray that your eyes, like I would pray like, I pray that Isaac's eyes, or I pray that Isaac's heart. Um, And then not only doing it with this passage, but looking up his prayers all throughout Scripture, um, and maybe even start to try and memorize those. So then your prayers are starting to become Scripture, which I think is a really cool thing when we just start praying Scripture back to to God. Yeah, I think that's even like tapping into, I don't know, even just the, the gift that the Lord has given us in Scripture and like, I don't know. Sometimes it's like just understanding that in our, you know, humanity, like we're just not going to have the words. And so we can tap into yeah. to scripture. And I'd never even thought about doing that with Paul's prayers. I know the Psalms have been mm-hmm. a, a great, you know, just, I don't know, like scripture can truly teach us yeah. how to pray and give us the words that, that we just don't have. Yeah. Um, so that's beautiful. Also, Isaac, if you're listening, congrats. <laughs> Mike's praying for you. <laughs> There's a shout out for my boy, Isaac. <laughs> Well, cool. Mike, thank you uh, just for the, the work that you put in to just to launch us into conversation and um, for your time today on the podcast. Yeah, thankful. It's fun every time. All right. Well, hope you guys have a great week, and we will catch you back here next time. See ya. Yeah.